Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Nicolette Demira with Tap Into Greater Olean, and I'm sitting here with Bonner Respond volunteer Caitlin Cook. So, Caitlin, you recently took a trip to Dickinson, Texas, just outside of Houston. How was your experience? It was a great experience. It was definitely life-changing going down there and seeing um, just what Hurricane Harvey did and how bad the area is still, and definitely glad that I could spend my break um, contributing to, like, getting everyone back to normal and back into their houses. So what was a typical day like? So we started out the day with a meeting at 8.30 every morning. Um, we all gathered and kind of talked about um, the different tasks that we'd be doing during the day. There was usually a lot of different work sites. So we'd um, figure out who was going to which site, and then we'd all kind of head out. Um, most sites were usually within 20 minutes of where we were staying, luckily. So we'd get there and get to work, and usually the projects would be pretty lengthy. So most of the time, I was at the same site for most of the day, if not the entire day. And if I finished that site, then I would go um, on to another one where other people needed help getting finished up. So what jobs were you responsible for? So I personally did a variety of things. So I started out at a house that had been completely flooded, and the person who lived there had passed away. So there was, everything was still in the house. And we basically had to go in, take out all of the belongings, and then gut the entire house. So basically knocking down the drywall that had gotten wet, taking out the ceiling, taking out the floor. So it was definitely a really long process. And then another big job that I worked on for a couple of days when I was down there was there was a house that the water took everything out of the house except for the ceiling fans, which I think is crazy. But mm. so um, the house had already been gutted, so what we did was, go in and put drywall up in the entire house, which was a lot of work, and we had to get the drywall from the store. And if you know anything about drywall, the sheets are really heavy and really big. So a lot of it was, like, carrying the sheets and distributing them, and then we had to hang them up for the entire house, which took probably a little over two days. So that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. Did you have to bring your own materials, or were they provided for you? Um, so we had done fundraising for Bonneris Bonds. Before the trip, I think we did um, a boot drive in, like, local areas. And we raised, like, thousands of dollars from that. So that's kind of, like, the funds that we used. But we brought tools with us. We had an alumni who's actually from Dallas drive or fly up to New York and drive the van with all of our um, tools in it down to Houston, which was great. And then a lot of, like, the drywall and all that we bought there and, like, wood that we needed to build ramps and fix, like, the inside Mm -hmm. of the houses we bought there. So how long did you stay at a certain house or location? We, I mean, we just stayed until we got it done. So, like I said, the hours during the day were typically from, like, 8.30 or 9 in the morning until maybe, like, 5 at night, 6 at night, maybe a little bit earlier on some days. But we usually, we were really committed to coming in and fixing everything. We didn't want to, like, leave a job half done. So we'd only do jobs that we knew that we could get done and we would finish them no matter what. Mm -hmm. Were other locations worse than others? Yeah, there was um, an area near the church we were staying at was actually, so we were in a pretty um, impoverished uh, community, and there was a um, trailer park that I know, it took a lot of people to get the work there done. Um, We went in to fix one, like fix a ramp at one house, and people just came kind of pouring out of their houses and asked if we could help them out. So, of course, we did if we could. And um, the living conditions there were, I personally didn't 
really work there, just from, like, I was working on other jobs, but from what I heard, the conditions were horrible and barely livable, so that was definitely the most urgent like, house, houses that we had to help and the people that we needed to help, so that was probably the worst. Right, and it's crazy because Hurricane Harvey happened a long time ago, and people are still, like, struggling. Yeah, no, people, I mean, a lot of people, especially in New York, because we weren't affected by it, really, you forget about it so fast. Something new comes up, like, every day. So you kind of forget about it really fast, but obviously the people down there haven't forgotten about it. There's mm-hmm. still, like, thousands of people who still aren't even in their homes, or there are people living out of one house in their, or one room in their house, or, mm-hmm. like, living in conditions mm-hmm. that no person should have to live in. So they definitely needed the help. Right. So was St. Bonaventure the only school there, or were there other schools helping out? Um, I think we were the only volunteer group in that area at the time. We worked with a group called Eight Days of Hope, which um, after we went, they were starting what they were calling the largest mass rebuilding and restructuring after, um, or after like, a, like disaster relief, like the biggest disaster relief mission in history for in terms of how many houses they were hoping to fix. So we worked with them because they had a lot of resources and a lot of like, mm-hmm. houses that they need, needed to be fixed. So we kind of did the groundwork for them before the rest of them came in. I think they had they had thousands of workers that were coming in. But as far as students, we were the only ones. Mm-hmm. So. so what would you say your favorite part was or most memorable experience? Um, well, there was one house that the first day, I didn't mention this, but the first day that of uh, a full full day of work that we did, there was a lady named Lily May, and she lived just like an elderly woman who lived alone, and her house was completely flooded, and the entire thing needed to be gutted after we had looked through it, like it needed to be, like the floors needed to be redone, the walls needed to be redone, and we knew that we couldn't get that done in a week, like that just wasn't something that we could do, but we, um, her son told us it would. No one's been willing to help her. It would go a really long way if you did even the smallest thing for her. So we fixed. We redid her entire ramp outside of her house, and just seeing like the look on her face when we were done with it and how grateful she was was definitely my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. So what made you get involved with Bonner Response and become a member? Um. So I'm in our students and money management fund, and Dr. Mahar, who's the head of Bonner Response, who founded it. Um, is the advisor for STEM, and he always he always talks about it and how great it is to volunteer and to give back, and always encourages us to participate. And I a lot of Bonner Response work is on like Saturdays and Sundays, and sometimes I have I've like found myself not being able to make it, but I promised him that I would like start volunteering. And when he mentioned the trip, I thought that that would be a really good opportunity because I wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. on spring break, and like what like there's no better way to spend it than like helping people. Right. So. So do you do any, like, rebuilding of anything around, like, the greater Olean, or do you just travel to, like, natural disasters? Um, so the stuff that Mahar does on the weekends with Bonner Response is always within, like, the local area. It's, he's really big with, like, building wheelchair ramps. There's always a lot of requests for those so people can, like, get in and out of their houses. So that's a lot of what he does. But there's also, like, some of the stuff that we did in Houston um, – there's a huge poverty rate here, too. So there's houses that are just as bad, maybe even worse, in this area. So we do um, a lot of that sort of thing here as well. And I know that this past weekend, Bonner Response does a lot of work with um, people in Haiti 
Mm-hmm. So this past weekend, we actually had iPads donated, like I think 150 iPads donated. So they spent their time, um, like, clearing off all of the stuff that was on the iPads, downloading new apps and, like, packaging them mm-hmm. to deliver to them. Has Bonner response been to Haiti, or do you guys just donate stuff to, like, areas and countries that need it the most? Um, I believe that Dr. Mohar brought people to Haiti, possibly, but I do know that there was people that have come here from there that yeah. he works with and, like, keeps in communication with. Yeah. So that's how we know, like, what's going on there and what they need. Mm-hmm. Would you ever go back to Dickinson? Absolutely. It was just, once you, it's just something that you can't unsee. Like, going down there and seeing how horrible it was was definitely, like, a life-changing thing for me and it had, like, a huge impact. So seeing how bad it was and knowing that there's so much more to be done, I feel like I couldn't help but want to go back and do more if I can. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Bonner Response? Um, actually, so... I think it's just been made official, but they're planning another trip down to Dickinson, actually, and I believe it's going to be after graduation in May. Mm -hmm. So that's the next big trip. But we're also doing projects on the weekends that you can see on the Bonner Response Facebook page or website. Yeah, so hopefully when they go back, things will be a little bit better. Yeah. So thank you so much for chatting with me, Caitlin. Greater Olean, I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. Have a great day.